I feel like I need a kazoo or something like this. You've got the ukulele there with you, which is perfect. But man, hundred episodes, we made it, dude. I I can't believe it. Honestly, when we first started this whole thing, didn't think we'd get there. And it's on Halloween, so we've got our Halloween edition for our hundredth episode. Pretty cool stuff. Happy Hallow's Eve. You know what they say. Tonight, the Grim Reaper will come around and steal your souls, just like the way that Josh Allen stole the souls of Packers fans last night. Oh, beautiful. I, uh, that was very I, uh, lyrical of you, Mr. Combs. I uh, Well, Luke Combs is a musician. I am generic Luke Combs, uh, very heavily bearded Luke Combs, if you're actually watching on the uh, on the YouTube. If you're not watching, just imagine me in flannel with a very tiny guitar a very very annoyingly large beer which i'm going to take off momentarily and my uh my plaid shirt and my my mountain dew hunting hat honestly i uh i i think you you pull off the beard pretty well man you should consider this listen uh, you're still one number away i'm just gonna say luke combs songs throughout the show you hit me like a hurricane (laughs) you you just yeah just using all of the the song titles all right so so reveal yourself now to the audience if you can see dan you you could probably guess who he is but if you can't see dan yeah i mean it is a little bit cryptic of a a costume but i hope that the the one earring on my uh, left ear helps give it away i'm wearing a white t-shirt and look despite uh, our show not being censored we don't uh, like to censor ourselves very much and every now and then we'll slip in a swear word i'm gonna try and keep it as clean as possible I'm going as Mr. Clean. I got my magic eraser here with me as well. So in case, you know, we hey. got any scuffles going on uh, on the laptop or the desk. Can clean Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Uh, I love it. You should be Mr. Believe Clean. it or not, I did not buy white pants for this occasion because um, mm. I was not about to spend $40 on a pair of white pants for this one-time occasion. So Bony. We don't, we don't have that in there, but it's all good. Yeah, man. So we started this uh, football lounge with Mark and Dan. It was an idea for many, many years uh, that Mark and I had been talking about it. We both, uh, you know, grew up talking sports, uh, particularly football with each other, wanted to do a podcast, finally got to a spot where we felt comfortable doing it and um, doing it consistently. And here we are. A 2020 season is when we first started. We're midway through 2022. And we are on episode number 100. I think there are two episodes that didn't count because they were kind of shortened um, themed episodes. Uh, so we didn't count those. This is the official 100th full length episode of the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan. Do you, does it feel like it's been 100? Because I, I really, it's kind of been like on autopilot. We've really kind of just cranked this out week after week. It, it, it creeped up on me for sure well yeah i mean 100 is a big number but uh you know re- in reality we're just in the meat of the nfl season right now and there's there's a ton of great storylines and uh i think it is funny we we're talking about how we're going to kind of look back and then look ahead and uh how quickly things can change in just two years basically we started this show what the, the pandemic season started 2020 yep and uh, and look where we are now, and how different we are, our own teams are, and the, the landscape of the NFL. And uh, th- that's what's so great about the NFL is it changes more rapidly. There, there's quicker change. You can go from zero to hero really, really quickly, as you see with teams like the Giants and the Seahawks. Uh, it can uh, turn around, can be quick, and it, it's uh, wild just to totally see it to take it on in. And it'll be crazy to think about where when we hit episode 200, what what we uh what we'll be talking about then yeah so that's kind of uh helping set the stage for what this episode's gonna be we're gonna uh go astray of our typical routine of going over each and every game and recapping that that's not going to be uh what we're focusing on primarily today we have a couple of notes to get to to start things off and then we'll go into a quick discussion about uh what the state of the nfl was when we first started this podcast and I've just got a couple, you know, quick notes that might surprise some people how quickly, as Mark pointed out here, things change uh, in the NFL landscape. Some of these uh, facts are kind of surprising. Think about where we were at just a couple of years ago. And then we'll get into 
uh, a few things that we think we will be talking about on episode 200. So looking ahead, as Mark suggested there, and then we'll wrap things up with um, some brief recaps of uh, some of the biggest playmakers of the week. And uh, for the Halloween edition, of course, uh, what costume they were wearing uh, to kind of signal their performance in this one. So real quick, before we get into our uh, state of the NFL in 2020, let's go over a quick note that I think is worth mentioning. Bill Belichick uh, becoming the sole uh, possession head coach in second place for most wins all time at 325 passing your guy, Papa bear, George Hallis. That's that day for me. Belichick now only trails Don Shula with 347 wins. And George Hallis, I guess, is really just kind of for a forgettable member of, uh, you know, the NFL history at this point. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I will say quickly, I think it's a, it's an important thing. It's really cool for younger generations of fans to see that because what it, what it does is it does put into context um, for people who are in their 20s or 30s who maybe don't know a ton of the history of the NFL you know that Bill Belichick's one of the greatest of all time, and you know how much he has won. I mean, it took, you know, six Super Bowls, all of this success um, to just catch Papa Bear and now just finally pass him after his immaculate career. So, again, I you know what I would hope is that people would take it as like a, man, that George House guy, who the hell was he? He was, he was really, really good, and maybe it'll open their eyes up a little bit to uh, – to the icon that Papa Bear was, but also put Shula into, pers- into perspective. I mean, think about how great Bill has been in our lifetimes, and he's still a ways off from Shula. So uh, they are uh, those three guys. I mean, they got it done for so long at such a high level, and uh, and uh, Bill Belichick is right up there in that. Uh, at, uh, certainly on the Mount Rushmore, the greatest coaches of all time. No question, he's done it at a high level for a very long time. And, you know, to your point about Don Shula, it's great. It is crazy because, you know, large majority of that with 14 game season, mm-hmm. uh, you know, harder to get George Hallis, they those had wins. 12 game seasons. Exactly. Exactly. So when you look back on the history, it, it really does put the uh, um, impressive meter off the charts when you think about, you know, the context to some of these other coaches. And then Bill Belichick to pass Shula. I mean, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, I would have thought, oh, he's maybe like three seasons away from getting there. But now, I mean, I know he would have to have two consecutive 10 win seasons after this year. And that doesn't seem terribly likely given the state of that team. He may need to last three, uh, possibly even four more seasons. And that doesn't seem super likely right now, too. So Don no. Shula may be able to edge him there. And uh, I don't see anyone right now that's that's looking to threaten that very much. I don't know what Andy Reid's Unless... numbers at, but. Unless things go so south in Tampa that Tom's looking for a new place to play the next two years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what if they both moved? Uh, you know, Bill Belichick goes to uh, Dallas, and uh, and Tom follow, follows him to Dallas to win a Super Bowl. Oh, that'd be sweet. Cowboys, that'd be pretty Put the wild. band back together. All right, Mark. So I I compiled this list. I know you haven't seen it. I not you know I kind of this was just kind of me thinking off the cuff and researching it to see where we were at right before our week one episode of the 2020 football season, right before we kicked things off here on the football lounge with Mark and Dan. So before our first, it was a pandemic. It was was a, you know, pandemonium. Let's just Um, get, let's get the waterworks out. Let's go back to the really dark days. Yeah. So before our first of a hundred episodes, Tom Brady had not played a regular season down as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And now he's not only a Super Bowl champion with them, and he added 92 touchdown passes to his resume since we started this podcast. And uh, he also retired and unretired in the process. You know, and obviously, you know, it's only a couple seasons ago, so it is very near in the rearview mirror. But it is still even weird to think about what that time was like. I mean, that was the big story for six months, seven months. I mean. Two years ago, we, yeah, I mean, we, right before the podcast, we were talking about who's going to win the divorce. I mean, Belichick and Cam Newton versus Brady and uh, this, you know, bad organization with a lot of talent. And uh, safe to say, Brady won the divorce and then lost the divorce in, in his own way. But uh, on the football field, he still won the divorce. Just on in life, he's lost the divorce. And that's not, it's not great either. But uh, 
Tom Brady's Tom Brady's life has gone in the extra super crazy mode in the in the time we've been doing this podcast over the last hundred episodes. Yeah, yeah, it, it is um, pretty crazy. Uh, earlier in 2020, Carson Wentz was still a Philadelphia Eagle, and really? now yeah, here we are. They would have just drafted Jalen Hurts with a second rounder. He was traded to the Colts going into the 2020 season or uh, in 2021, I'm sorry. And then now he is with the commanders. So pretty crazy. He's been with three teams since we've done this podcast here, starting in our third season. We might as well call ourselves the, uh, the Wentz show. Cause that's, you know, uh, you know we're, we're just following the guy as he goes, goes around. And uh, the Colts ended up getting a two, two third round picks and a second round swap with the commanders for that one. That, that trade's looking pretty good right about now. Absolutely. Even though they're dealing with Sam Ellinger and company, they can hey. probably use those extra picks right there. The Col- yeah, I mean, they need the picks because they got to find themselves <laughs> their quarterback of the future because they're paying Matt Ryan a buttload of money this year and next year to not play. Not ideal. Um, before our first of 100 episodes, Anthony Lynn, Doug Marone, Pat Shermer, and Freddie Kitchens <laughs> were head coaches Pat in the Shermer. NFL. Oh yeah. I mean, it goes to show you the giants and the Browns. I mean, the Browns have had that first year was a disaster for Freddie kitchens, but you know, the Browns have kind of figured it out. You know, we believe in Kevin Stefanski and uh, they've gone on a crazy ride. Pat Shermer, obviously the giants are a completely different team now uh, really found their, their stride. Doug Marone, RIP in uh, Jacksonville. Um, yeah. A lot of coaching changes over the last uh, two and a half years. Yeah, it was very interesting uh, to see that, especially with the Giants now on their third head coach since we've started this. <laughs> uh, but it, it does seem to finally. I don't be think they're going to be page. changing head coaches anytime soon. I don't think so either. Um, before our first episode, Andy Dalton was the Bengals' quarterback. They went two and fourteen in the twenty nineteen season, which then paved the way for, of course, Mister Joe Burrow to get drafted ahead of our first episode but yeah not too long ago Andy Dalton was a bangle and since then we're talking about the uh, the journeyman Andy Dalton now he's crushing it in New Orleans earned the he's starting job well. it looked like great win for them uh this week yeah I, honestly like he's I think he's playing better within the system right now like Jameis yeah. was maybe someone who uh was just you know not a uh, trust the process type of guy but trying to rely on his own physical skills and that obviously helps with the deep ball, but Andy Dalton, uh, very capable and just going through his reads and, and you know, being a, a smarter player, we've seen that's helped unleash Alvin Kamara recently as well. So they're on the right track for sure. Adrian Peterson, Mark, was coming off of a 1,000 total yard season with Washington, and he right. added 700 the, the next season in 2020 there with the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, we talk about, like, the, the staying power Adrian Peterson was still looking like a very capable back over a thousand yards rushing and receiving. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that was the the last of it. And, a, and AP is one of those guys that um, he's the last, he is the, the absolute last of it. Now a dead breed of player. I mean, Derek Henry, you, I guess you could argue may now be the, the last kind of stall worth, but I think Derek Henry needs another year or two to get into that range of the 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 yards to really be, you know, uh, a guy you, you draft a running back and he's running back for 10 years. That is dead. The idea of that is dead. Uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, when we started this podcast was, uh, was, uh, the last of, of the last of the Mohicans in that way. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And honestly, I mean, we think about the recent trend of, uh, star running backs, not really being representative on Super Bowl teams. I feel like that goes back even a lot further than in recent memory, really. It's just that the running back position was valued so much more and was harder to find guys that could last a while, uh, whereas now teams are kind of just moving through them at a much quicker pace. But I totally agree with you in terms of the, you know, franchise running back, uh, although Jerry Jones is committed to uh, Ezekiel Elliott till he's 48. I know. Uh, Jerry would sign him to a 20-year extension if he could right now. That's what <laughs> That's how much he uh, he is infatuated with the guy. Even after Tony Pollard just absolutely destroyed your Chicago Bears, Bears. But uh, but we'll, we'll get there for sure. Um, staying in that kind of line of running back, Frank Gore was just getting ready to play on his fourth team 
in as many years. That, of course, being the New York Jets. The Jets. Our first season here on the show. And that was his last and uh, final he NFL ended, You know, he's, what, 700 yards away from sweetness? I mean, he just he landed on the dot at 16,000 or whatever it was. Uh, yep. Exactly. Uh, future 16. Hall of Famer Frank Gore. Absolute stud. The guy was a, a beacon of health, too, in his NFL career. Very impressive. And uh, finally, Mark, uh, a note here that uh, is still, I just, even as I say it and looked it up, I still don't want to believe it, but Michael Thomas was coming off of a record-setting 2019 campaign in which he caught a record 149 passes for 1,725 yards, nine touchdowns. Since we started the show, he has 56 catches, 609 yards, yeah, he's three retrained. touchdowns, all of which came this year, by the way, the, the three touchdowns. He has literally, since we started the show, signed the, the there was that record-breaking deal, highest for wide receiver ever, and has been absolute garbage since then. It's insane. It's insane. And it's we're talking about a Saints team that, you know, need as many playmakers as it could get. And it's actually surprising how they've been able to weather that storm. Without Michael Thomas, they still now have, have Jarvis Landry, although he's been banged up, and uh, Chris Olave, the rookie, who's looked pretty good. So somehow they're managing. But – you know, I heard someone talking. What's what's a worse contract? Is it the Michael Thomas deal or the Kenny Galladay deal for the Gi- Giants? And I think that's a that, that's a, a fair question. I, you know, the one thing I'll say is Thomas, when he's on the field, has produced, whereas yeah. Kenny isn't Galladay's even producing been, on the field. Galladay's been bad, and I hate to say he's an NIU guy. I love Kenny Galladay, and he was he was great with Detroit. He just I think injuries and. You know, once you sign that big payday and being in New York, it just hasn't, it has not worked out for him. Uh, and, uh, and, and he hasn't, I don't think put in the work to be a great receiver, you know, but when you get 40, 50 million guaranteed in the bank, it's uh life changes a little bit. I'm sure out there in New York too, getting away yeah. from Detroit, but uh, it's always Kenny, Kenny Galladay is the best example of um, why I caution myself now is everyone says, look at the bears of $130 million of free agency. They have way more than everyone else. It's like, gotta be really careful who you buy versus who you draft. Um, and it's a uh, it, free agency can be such a fraud. Um, uh, it, or, I mean, there are, there are free agent moves that we look around the league and it blows you away how someone landed that person for the price they did. Yeah. I mean, uh, the but, Rams for one, but yeah, but, uh, but Kenny Dolly is a great example of be careful what weapons you buy. Uh, and and to go off of that too, I mean, if the Bears who have uh, you know hopefully been putting together some solid draft classes, that money is going to dr- dries up real quick once it comes down to like four years from then. All of a sudden, now you're having to pay, yep. you know, hopefully ten guys that you drafted and were able to develop. So yeah, you gotta you also got to be frugal with that if you want to be able to afford some of the guys that you developed absolutely together. But yeah, crazy stuff there. And the the Giants, you know, getting rid of Kadarius Tony, which we didn't talk about the draft or the trade to the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, if you want to touch on that real quick before we get into our uh, talking points on episode 200, Kadarius Tony sent to the Chiefs for a third and I believe a conditional sixth round draft pick. So the Chiefs kind of going not all in, but, you know, paying a decent price for a recent first round pick who hasn't been able to get on the field for a team that really needed wide receiver help. So there's some questions there. I'm totally comfortable with the chiefs taking a swing. This is what the chiefs have to do. I mean, got to remember if you're Kansas city at this point in time, you don't have top end draft picks. You know what I mean? You're never going to be drafting at the top 10. So if you can go poach disgruntled talent and get them at a, at a price that you, you feel like you can afford, put them in your system. I think it makes total sense. Um, I think, you know, we're all, it's not going to shock any of us if he has a huge career now in Kansas city and explodes. Um, and for the giants, I, I really do like it because they have a culture. Now they're shifting, right? They're making their changes. They're building their culture. And if you feel like you just got to get a person out of the room, even if it technically on paper makes your team worse, sometimes you have to do that. I mean, like um, you, you have to make moves towards, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step backward. That's a one step backward for the Giants. But in the long run, they believe it'll help them move two steps forward, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Kind of just bringing in their guys. Yeah. Brian Dable. And and obviously, it clearly hadn't worked out to this point. The guy, you know, really struggled to get on the field. I think the Chiefs, 
look, I mean, they they draft pretty well. I think at the end of the day, they're thinking we're getting a first round talent for a third round pick essentially. And we'll throw, we'll take that dart uh, and yeah. throw it at the dartboard and, and hope it sticks. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think it's a little bit, I related to, um, and I'm sure we'll, you know, well, maybe we'll talk about it. Are we going to talk about Tom Brady and the Bucks here coming on up? I, I yeah, just relate, we can absolutely. Touch I relate on Tom the Tooney. I relate the Tooney stuff to that. Like, you have to remember, everyone of us works in an office, right? You work in, on a team. You have people on your team. If you know someone's got is just annoying, or they got stuff going on in the personal life, like it can throw off the juju and the vibes in the whole locker room. And if a guy like Kadir Tooney is feeling that way, and you just feel like, we just need to get him out of here. Like he's unhappy. He's angry. He's won't shut up or he's going through personal things. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I relate to Tom Brady. The Bucks are struggling. If the leader and you're like, if, if you work in an office with 20 people and your manager is going through something horrific in their personal life and you all know they're going through it, you're going to be on edge at work. You're going to close your door as opposed to keeping it open. You know what I mean? You're sure. going to keep your head down when that person walks by as opposed to being like, Hey, how are you? Like you, that changes the temperature and that can really affect everything. And I think the giants make it the tuning move. It's, it's part of that. Like, Hey, our, we're building something right now. And this guy's not along for the ride with us. Let's get what we can and move on. We saw it with Robbie Anderson earlier this year, and uh, maybe we're seeing it with Elijah Moore with the jets oh. as well. So time will tell on that front, but uh, Mark, you want to spearhead us here into this uh, uh, topics of episode 200 here on the football lounge with Mark and Dan, a little bit tough to foreshadow, but I'm looking forward to it because I think there are some things uh, that we'll agree on here. Yeah. So we try to do a show every week. Um, uh, so 52 weeks in a year. If we are here at episode 100 now, uh, we started right before the start of the previous season. So if you can kind of project that out by episode 200, we will be at the very end nearing the Super Bowl ish of the 2024 2025 season, right? Which is crazy to think about. Um, so I, I, we were talking about topics for this, you know, hundredth episode. I thought it'd be really fun if you and I could make three kind of bold predictions for what the headlines or what we'd be talking about um, in the 2020, uh, in that year, in the episode 200. So at the end of the 2024, 2025 season, I have, I, I, we, we can kind of trade off if you want, or I can just do my three and then you do your three. Um, however you, I mean, whatever you want to do, I, I, I'll just lift off my three. Okay, I, okay. Think, that works. I think I think around uh, at the end around episode 200, so around the end of the 2024 2025 season, we will be talking about the Packers in tank mode. They are full on rebuild. They've begun the rebuilding process, and they're tanking. Um, I absolutely believe the Packers. Um, it won't happen next year because I think Aaron will come back. He's on the hook for another 50 million. You don't pass that up guaranteed money. But then the, the, that 2024 season, excuse me, if Aaron's around, he could opt in, he could opt out by that point in time. Either way, it'll be a disastrous season. I, I think Aaron will probably be done. And my prediction would be around episode 200, we'll be talking about the Green Bay Packers along with some of the other Drecks of the league trying and fighting for top, picks rebuilding doing what the Panthers are doing now looking for that uh number one overall pick I think the Packers uh, are uh, in store for a rebuild around episode 200 um it's also me just knocking on wood praying for that to happen that would really yeah be ideal um I have left the Bears out of this because of course I mean I have a lot of things I I want to be thinking around episode 200 uh Bears number one overall seed in the NFC Justin Fields MVP all those things uh, but I'll, I'll spare you all that. I think at the end of the 2024 season around episode 200, another thing we will be talking about, Josh Allen, um, is he going for his second MVP in his career and still Super Bowl-less? Is this the year for Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl? He's got the MVP. He's looking to have another MVP season. Uh, but the Bills, uh, you know, put this – is this the right pieces around him? Is the run game finally going? And uh, can Josh Allen finally get himself an elusive ring? And uh, my other topic, I think the number one thing that I feel really confident we'll be talking about on episode 200 at this point, at, at that point in time is we will be talking about 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, how much longer can this dynasty go on? Andy Reid getting up there in age. They've won another Super Bowl by this point in time, either this year or next year. So he's got two rings. Is Andy getting long in the tooth? What is the what is the longevity? I think we'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes with a uh, with a another Super Bowl ring, and uh, and we'll be talking about the, a, a large debate will be: Is this the final ride for Andy and Patrick? Is Andy going to retire after the 2024 2025 season? Especially if they can go out defending their Super Bowl title, back to back champs. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, we. Uh, you know, I'll just start because I I do agree. Um, I actually wrote down a similar one to your last one there. Uh, but the Josh Allen thing, yeah, I think he's still going to be without a Super Bowl, and I think he will probably be on the heels of his like second league MVP or something like that. Probably two in a row uh, at that point. And, uh, and and that'll be a, a dominant uh, discussion. So my first one was Patrick Mahomes will still be talking about as the best quarterback in the NFL, and he'll have another ring at that point. Yeah. So my thought is the next two seasons, he's going to win a ring, potentially, if not in that 2024 season. So if we're at episode 200, you know, it might be right in line with the Super Bowl just before it. But I think within the next 200 episodes, uh, Patrick Mahomes will have won another ring and we will still be talking about him being the best in the NFL. Another one we'll be talking about, Hey, this head coach of the LA Chargers, Sean Payton is doing a heck of a job <laughs> here with Justin <laughs> Herbert. And I love that. I, I think that. Uh, I'm going to go bold on that one and say that the saints don't uh, give up their, his rights to an NFC team and they'll go AFC. I think Brandon Staley has a lot of questions right now. Maybe they give him one more year and then Sean Payton comes to town to help resurrect the young Justin Herbert. I think it'd be an interesting fit. And I think Sean Payton in uh, somewhat retirement mode would be cool with going to LA, yeah. the California side of things. So some thoughts there. And then uh, another joke one before I get to my final third one, I just wrote Antonio Brown incident. So whatever it is, we'll be talking about it on episode 200. We won't have to talk about it at that point. We'll just no, that's true. ignore it. But yeah, I agree. That's good. Um, no, my final one is that, uh, and this is another bold one, that the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers will be either Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott. I think I could see the Dallas Cowboys after another at, you know, one and done in the playoffs or missing the division, one or two more seasons of that is going to be, that's it. We're moving off. we got to move on. And the 49ers not going to pick high enough to be able to get their top quarterback. They already spent too much on Trey Lance. Not sure it'll work out. So they're stuck with, Hey, do we want to go with Jimmy G or a younger Jimmy G yeah. in Dak Prescott and a guy who could probably run that system pretty well there in San Fran. So that was my, uh, my final bold statement is we'll be talking about one of those guys still, as the San Francisco quarterback like or the it. new quarterback. I think we I think we're both on to something there. I think the I think the Bills are so great. They're fun to watch. Josh Allen, he'll win an MVP here coming up soon. I think it could be this year. I mean, he is uh, he's so electric. Right. Um, but I do think the Chiefs overall, I still feel the most confident. If you told me over the next two years, pick a team to win a Super Bowl, I, I I'm gonna say the Chiefs. I mean, they're right now the best version of the I've seen them do it, and they're still sustaining it. You know, we just saw the Rams win a Super Bowl, but it's not sustaining it. We saw the Bucks win a Super Bowl two years ago, but it's not sustainable. No one in the AFC has kind of proven it uh, to be consistently better than the Chiefs, uh, even though the Bengals did get the best of the Chiefs last year. Um, I, I think they are the safest bet, and I and and I do think that um, I would have added. I, I I meant to add to my point: twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. It'll also be the final year for Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs. Kelsey's a guy you got to forget. He's older than you think. He is not. Um, he is not a young gun like Patrick Mahomes' age. The, the, you are. This is the final year or two of, of Kelsey peak. I think peak Kelsey. Um, now they may just extend him, and he may just stay as long as you know, did with Gronk and ch- find his fine tune his role in the offense, but. Kelsey's one of those guys. I think that his drop off will be sudden because he, right now, what makes him just so electric is you can't cover him with linebackers and safeties, and he's too big for corners. But as soon as 
uh, as soon as linebackers and safeties, young ones can run with him. I, I mean, he becomes a, still a very good tight end. He's a hall of famer, but he loses what makes him special. Gronk, even at the end was still always special just because in the goal line situations, his physical freakness um, was still always there. I mean, Kelsey could be that, but I don't know if he's going to transition into that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously with every position, but primarily along the lines, I mean, when the wheels fall off, they really, really fall off. And uh, tight ends a, a very physical, tough position to sustain. Uh, you know, he's obviously been the poster child for that. Uh, so it's hard to doubt him. But yeah, I mean, it, it, in a couple years, uh, you know, he'll be like 34. That's going to be or 35, maybe even at that point. That's going to be tough uh, to still be as dominant as he is for sure. Um, all right, Mark. Well, uh, that uh, that puts kind of a wrap on the uh, what we'll talk about in uh, episode 200. I will ask you, actually, I'd like to uh, throw this your way. Will Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields? still be tied with the Chicago bears. I do believe at this point in time, if you're going to, if you're going to make me choose Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields will still be the coach and quarterback of the Chicago bears at the end of the 24, 25 season. And I think I'm fair in saying that because fields would be on his either fifth year extension at that point. Cause this is year two. So year three, year four so yeah he'd be he'd be vying for that fourth year vying for that fifth year extension option and i and i think Eberflus won't get fired at the end of next he'll be the coach going into next year the only way he wouldn't be the coach going into 2024 is if somehow next year is a total disaster and i don't see it being a total disaster so uh, unless he gets fired mid year three and things just fall apart for the bears. Um, I would predict the bears don't usually do that. So I'd predict, yes, the bears, Justin Fields um, and Matt Eberflus will be in place for a bears team that will be the number one overall seed uh, in uh, hosting the NFC championship game at soldier field in our 200th episode. Good stuff. All right. Very good. And, and still at Soldier Field, unfortunately. But hey, wait, we got to give them time. You want me to add to that? We can talk about this. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and and uh, Zach Wilson will not be starting in the NFL. Will Baker Mayfield be in the NFL? No. Will he be, will he That's easy. That's easy. There. Will Eddie Pinheiro be in the NFL? No. Oh, good God, Lord. Uh, no, what no. a rough, rough yeah, outing. DJ Moore screwed him. DJ oh, yeah, he did. Screwed he did. Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah, DJ Moore taking the helmet off after uh, just what a rocket by by PJ Walker. By the way, uh, that should not I, be a flag. I, you you no, should, it's really silly. It's really you silly. should take a flag. It should be a flag if you take your helmet off in anger or like in the middle of a play or anything like that. But on a hail mary game winning touchdown, the that that's like one of those like refs refs judge hail marys differently. You don't call pass interference on a hail mary. You don't. Like you never do, unless it's like legit blatant. We can't ignore it. So you got to let that one slide. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to let that one slide. And the the game heated moment, division rivalry, you get a 62 yard bomb. The NFL should should step in and say to the Falcons, we realize we're officiating that differently. We understand you're, you have a right to maybe be concerned. We will find him. But there is, we do not want the outcome of this game to the, the the Panthers won that game. That was that they won that game. If you didn't see it, DJ Moore caught the touchdown pass. It was like a sixty-five yarder or something like that in the end zone in, in the final seconds to tie it at thirty-four. They're an extra point away, and DJ Moore took his helmet off in celebration. They back up the extra point. I think it was like a forty-five yarder at that point or something like that, and he misses the kick. We go to overtime, misses another kick. So that's where you can really fault Pinheiro um, to, for missing another kick in overtime. And then young way coup for the Falcons ends up giving them the winner. Crazy sequence. I totally agree with you though, that taking the helmet off thing, it's just, it's in line with the celebration stuff. Like it's a guy taking off his own helmet. That shouldn't be like, if you take off your shoe, that shouldn't be a big deal. You know, yeah. um, a, a, as the play is over, there's zero not seconds action on the going on. Like, I mean, they should have yeah, fish- yeah. the NFL needs to needs to there's I mean, a little more common sense and say, hey, but also it's like one of those we haven't seen it in a long time. The Deshaun Jackson, right, where the guy drop, fumbles the bar at the one yard line because he's like celebrating before. 
that we haven't seen that in a couple of years. It feels like, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I don't remember the last, last time. Last one I remember seeing was actually Steelers bears a couple of years ago with the bears on a, a block yeah. field goal. It was, ran um, one back and it got, he, he wasn't really celebrating, but he was taking it a lot slower near the goal line. I forget who it was, yeah. but um, the Steeler special teams guy knocked it out of his hand right at the goal line. Yeah, um, I, you, I do remember that play. I can't think of which bear it was. I, yeah, I can't remember either. But that is, but I, like the NFL. But they're every, rare. They, it doesn't every, happen. Every single head coach in their meetings this week has to show that play to everyone in the team and be like, I know I'm asking a lot of you. It's a stupid rule. But if we're in this scenario, they lost the game because they were emotional and celebrating like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's stupid that we, our rules are that way, but you've, you've got to try to put that kernel somewhere deep in your brain to remind yourself, don't make that mistake, but they should change the rule. They should, they should. And Tony Dungy pointed out, actually, I guess, technically DJ Moore took the helmet off when he was, off the field now like a step off the field but apparently the uh nfl officiating confirmed to tony dungy that actually that shouldn't have been a penalty because he was a step outside of the field but regardless either way again that makes you don't put yourself in that position yeah exactly yeah exactly right um i did have actually from that game i i did have one of my costumes there pj walker dressed up as bazooka joe the bubblegum company (laughs) because of his 62 yard bazooka uh throw 62 air yards in that one from pj walker like i said before carolina actually found a competent quarterback he's yeah. playing pretty well for him you gotta give him credit he was a four string quarterback and he's playing some good ball right now i had the costume that eddie pinero was dressed up as uh, as uh as uh cody parkey but that was I mean, a little different <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. He, did, he didn't actually hit an upright at no. all so there's that um, all right. Well, I'll, you know, I'll defer to you. Do you have a, a costume one that you want to talk about? One of the games? I do have a costume uh, jets uh, uh, versus the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to go to Zach Wilson. Uh, uh, I, I, um, I had a couple options. There was the option that Zach Wilson could have dressed up as Carson Wentz. Cause he's just becoming kind of Carson Wentz. Like yeah. he's just uh, so <laughs> reckless. And it's it funny. Cause I have four bullet points left and Zach Wilson is one of them. So that's okay. funny that we both picked him. Well, I mean, he is, I mean, he's a talking point right now. He I mean, is. he's, he's, he's a huge talking point. Uh, no, but I had uh, Zach Wilson is daredevil. He's, 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 he wants to be a superhero, but he's blind. And he's <laughs> just, uh, he's making, I realize like why some of these throws and, um, I, I, you know, I, to me, I, I, one of the reasons I wanted to channel on Zach Wilson was again, I know it's a, I know it's silly and it's a hot take Monday, but as of this morning, right now, the arrow, the the quarter, the second year quarterback, without a doubt, that's trending in the best direction is Justin Fields. Justin Fields is at now two weeks in a row where he's looking like Jalen Hurts, like we've been screaming at all year. The Bears need to play the jail like this is what they need to run. Like he is Jalen Hurts. Like this is what Justin Fields can do. And meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence looked bad in England. Uh, Zach Wilson looked uh, like he was Sam Darnold seeing ghosts in, in, that was my other costume. He could have been just dressed up as Sam Darnold uh, in the Jets seeing ghosts against New England. And then obviously Mac Jones got Ben shaky, not healthy. He wasn't great in this game. And Trey Lance, it's hard. I mean, his arrow so neutral because the injury, but right now, I mean, you got to credit Justin Fields and the bears. They're kind of figuring out. Uh, and uh, Zach Wilson is, uh, you know, he looks like Daredevil out there. I think that was a pretty good pick. Yeah, he, uh, you know, in the twenty-two seventeen loss to the New England Patriots, should have been a one for New, a win for New York right there. But his three interceptions, I chose. It was a little bit harsh, but I chose clown. He dressed up as a clown for this one. It was a yeah. joke of a performance. Uh, three interceptions was the reason for that loss. Uh, can't excuse it um, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go to the Steelers Eagles game oh, okay. and I'm going to say that AJ Brown yeah dressed up as the guy from the show River Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because oh, yeah. he was hauling in big catch after Cameron big catch. Cameron Wade or what's his name? I I, 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 I honestly forget the guy's name. Yeah, Hold on. It's a great show, look. River Monsters. He's hauling in but, big uh, catch after big catch. I mean, three touchdowns yeah. uh two of them on the exact same play and um 
you know, it was just a dominant performance really by Jalen Hurts, the Eagles and A.J. Brown. But yeah. A.J. Brown stole the show. Uh, the guy's name was biologist Jeremy Wade. So that Jeremy Wade, I knew it. Extreme angler and biologist. There yeah, you go. That, that's what A.J. Brown went as this past week because it was a it was a clinic on the uh, complete dethrone and not dethroning, just absolutely demolish um, performance against the Pittsburgh Steers. 35-13. I have a cheap, easy one that was, it has, it doesn't, you don't even, you don't even need to talk about it. Uh, it's just okay. a, kind of a one liner. Uh, Russell Wilson, he went to uh, England as Jesus. He was just yes. Jesus, uh, center of the field, doing his thing. I will say, oh, we, that would have been a perfect open for us to talk about his shenanigans on the bus ride yeah, or the plane well, ride. I'll, I'll say this. I, I think Russell Wilson is now, be, I mean, it's becoming, almost like he's leaning into it. It's crazy. The story is crazy, but I don't, I don't like, I don't like people criticizing the, like it's one thing to criticize Russell Wilson for the plane antics, him telling everyone about the plane antics. Like he's the reason it gets out. Uh, it's one thing to criticize Russell Wilson for the pregame on the mid season on the logo, just like doing his, his thing. I, I don't, I won't criticize Russell. And I don't think it's, it's, it's fair to criticize Russell for like, after the game, after every NFL game, after every college football game, pretty much after every high school game, there's a lot of them. There's a, there's a group of guys. Some of them will get together who are religious guys and they will sit down and pray. Like they'll take a knee from different teams. They did that. And that was televised. Russell Wilson doing that kind of leading or saying something at one point in time and people ripping for that. That's one of those, like, listen, that actually does happen after every game. And a lot of people partake in that. I got no qualms with anyone doing that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rip on him for that and save your ammo because there's plenty of other things to rip Russell Wilson on that he does that no one does. And I yeah, do yeah. think Tyler Lockett, he was my other one because Tyler Lockett said after the Seahawks win, he, I, I have him dressed up as Randy Marsh carrying his giant nutsack in the wheelbarrow <laughs> because he had what I can't remember the exact quote. He basically said, it's amazing what this team can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Yeah, like yeah. I, That's exactly I was like, said. I, you know, and that was to tie into this Russell, the Russell was the throw off. That was really the costume I had with Tyler Lockett was that, I mean, huge balls on him to say that. And I, and I think he's saying, you know, what, what, you know, there's, there's a lot of people left over in that Seattle locker room who I think are playing free, playing loose. Same thing as I mentioned at the beginning of the show with Brady creating an aura in the locker room for the bucks. that probably is very toxic and like, Oh, this is awkward walking on eggshells. It feels like the Seahawks are just like they're maybe smoking, swearing. They don't have to worry about Mr. Unlimited. They they really look awkward. and sound relieved. Yes, like, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. It it is it's crazy. I, I didn't anticipate I always knew he was corny, but the more the stories come out of just yeah. the over the over posturing, the yeah. constantly wanting to remind people and show people, no, 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 I'm such a hard worker. I was on the plane ride to London Wolverine doing high knees while everyone he else was it. sleeping. Like, how, like yeah, how you're the one telling out. people this. He's it's the like, one telling people. It's like, what are you doing? It's crazy. It's like, man, like, especially when he knows there's cameras around and stuff, you he can does. rely on other people telling that story for you. But yeah. obviously, when he was injured doing the two-minute drill pregame, you know, last year, uh, you know, pretending to have a huddle with invisible people, it's just like, dude, come on. But it's a rest, Maybe man. That's where it really started. It really started yeah. there. And because remember, when we started this show, episode one, I was the Russell Wilson MVP, get on the Russell Wilson train. And that year was not great for the Seahawks. Last year then was a disaster when he was injured and missed a lot of time, and he was not the same. And now, you know, this year starting off, it's just been uh, – it, you can't look at him the same way that we looked at Russell Wilson when we started episode one. Um, Other people are not doing this or uh, talking about it. Yeah. But Russell is. And so it's like this isn't just like people yeah. piling on you, man. This is this is pretty unique to you right now. And that's – it's weird. Well, it's weird. yeah, it is absolutely. And it, those were those were my costumes. I, I I had one more. Let me check my notes. But if you have another, okay. go okay. for it. Uh, yeah, I said Tony Pollard went as a pirate because he shot out of a cannon against yeah. the Bears, <laughs> and you know, pr particularly on that fifty-four yarder for his final touchdown uh, of the afternoon, one hundred thirty-one yards, three touchdowns. 
against the Bears uh, kind of went off. And that's why I alluded to the fact earlier that Jerry Jones is still so adamant about Zeke and how much he brings to the offense after a win. It's like he can't even give Tony his due. He has to go run, oh, I know. you know, defense for Zeke and justifying how much money he paid him years ago. It's so obvious to everyone that Tony Paul Zeke, by the way, Zeke is still like not someone I think should be out of the league. Like he's a, he's still a capable running back. Absolutely. Tony Pollard's clearly got more juice and, and more, but then provides Zeke, more spark. He look wrong. He doesn't want to look like he's wrong. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Um, I had one other, I'll give it go to you it. though for yours. No, no, you go are. for it. Okay. For it. Uh, my final one was Aaron Rodgers went as Jack Sparrow. And I honestly think that he just dresses up as Jack Sparrow constantly because he's uh, apathetic and aloof while also having an excuse or, 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 you know, uh, never his off blame on, uh, onto others and things like that. He's always the, uh, the victim in certain scenarios. And once again, you know, a 10 point loss to the bills. Um, You know, he called it last week, essentially calling a shot, you know, we're going into Buffalo and we're not going to have a chance. He was trying to give some weird, motivation to the team now nah, it, it didn't work man and uh so still to this day we're dealing with a dysfunctional group in green bay okay i found what i i had two more they're both just one-offs tom brady went Excellent. to skeletor uh he just looks like a he, he looks, looks scary he right does. now he and really then does. and then for tonight joe burrow he's he's just going as macaulay culkin i mean the kid is he looked he should just always dress as Macaulay Culkin. I think oh, personally oh. Macaulay Culkin dresses as Joe Burrow. That's uh that's I, I think Joe Burrow is Macaulay Culkin. They are I mean they're I, the same. I've never seen them both in the same room, honestly. So there is that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he looks ridiculously like Macaulay Culkin for sure. Yeah, Hopefully no. uh are they at home? Oh no, he's not home alone. He's uh, no, it is, he's on uh, the road uh, alone. He's in lost in Cleveland. Home? Yeah, home alone too, lost in Cleveland. Lost in Cleveland. Good stuff. Uh, before we uh, before we toss it, you got any uh, thoughts on the Monday night game, Bengals at Browns? No, not really. I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals respond now without Chase. So, like, what is that going to look like? It's a yeah, game yeah. the Bengals should win, but they're on the road. It is divisional, so it can be tight. I think it's going to be closer and maybe more low scoring than you think. Chubb is going to get a big uh, load of the carries. I also think that uh, the storyline to look out for Hunt, you know, wanting the trade, and the Browns are going to listen for it up until tomorrow's trade deadline. So we'll see maybe Hunt um, gets a ton of work and they try to up- increase the value or maybe they keep Hunt out completely and try to save him. So he's, you know, he's still tradable. Um, that's it. The only thing I, I'll, I'll just say this about my bears uh, here in the last minute. And if you want a minute on your Steelers, that loss to Dallas, it stings, but that is exactly the type of loss that I was completely okay with this year. Like, you know the Bears need wide receivers, need offensive line help, and need defensive line help. Till the Bears get weapons, get offensive line structure better, and have an a, a, an elite pass rush to go with their great young secondary, they are not going. They're going to lose a lot of games like that because they cannot they cannot score. But Justin Fields did not lose them that game. Like he was a part of why they were in that game and capable of even having a chance to be competitive in that game. Then the Bears have an identity, 200-plus rush yards for three straight games. They haven't done that since the 1960s. Like, that is awesome. I love that because that is an identity you can build off of. And if you can get two elite pass rushers, if you can get yourself two elite new offensive linemen to shuffle into this deck and find yourself another uh, two really good quality pass catchers, um, all of a sudden this Bears team can win those games and 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 because of Justin Fields. So that was um I, I know the Monday night win was so exciting, and now we have a Sunday loss to Dallas, but I'm I'm riding really, really high with my Bears right now. I would feel good about the Bears. And you know, the biggest thing that I was thinking of when you mentioned the the run game and their success in recent weeks is what the biggest talking point was how bad the Bears offensive line was. And it is, it it's got holes. And they need to to you but know, they can run there, but they they like they can run block really well. And to me, that's coaching. That's like a hundred percent an emphasis and coaching. So can you imagine how much more dominant they will be come next year when they get a top tier guard, you know, another center or a something legit like that center, in there. a uh, center and a guard right now. Yeah, Jenkins that, I mean, has been proving himself, here. and the young tackles Borum and Jones, like I. 
they played well. Like, I mean, I'm I'm willing to give them room to grow. Um, you need to, you need to go get the best center in the league that's available, and you need to get an elite guard to go with white hair. Um, and all of a sudden, that offensive line could be. Yeah, you're right. It could it could get really scary really quick. As for my Steelers, real quick, obviously not too much to be excited about from a no. performance standpoint. I um, do think that you know, come tomorrow Tuesday, we're going to hear. Uh, a change uh, of play calling duties. It's um, the Matt Canada experience has been really bad, really bad Uh, 20 of 26 games that he has been the offensive coordinator for. They have failed to score 20 points of 26 games. That's not good. Um, I know there are issues. There are issues with the offensive line. We're seeing that with the the bears. They're able to somehow run it. You have a first round draft pick uh, running back. You can't run worth a lick. And so that's a huge problem. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, I jury's gonna probably be out till the end of the year, uh, but there are concerning signs. I mean, he's turning the ball over a lot, and uh, the communication seems to be off. I do like the moxie he showed afterwards. He yeah. he really at the podium called out the team, and even in a way called out the coaching staff. I mean, he was pissed, and uh, I kind of like to see that from a rookie. Uh, shows that he cares and um, can identify. Uh, what the issues are and too many penalties on that team. So yeah. look, I mean, they're in a weird I, spot I, because it's, it feels like everyone's calling them about chase Claypool and maybe some other pieces, but I don't know if you, if you want to give that up, if you want to just, you know, it's, they're in a weird spot. I think it'd have to be, you'd, you'd have to get a third rounder for him. And I just don't know if anyone's willing to pay that price for a guy who was drafted in the second round, who let's be frank, like hasn't really produced very much. He's had, yeah. He's had some great moments. It's kind of like Martavis Bryant, right? That guy was an absolute superstar when it was on, but he had so many issues of consistency and things like that. You can never truly tell with some wide receivers uh, or, or players in general in the league. That's just to show how it goes, and it's really a coin flip a lot of the time. But, look, at this point, I'm kind of just thinking, you know, hey, if we just eke out, you know, uh, one or two more wins the rest of the way. I'm fine with that. A top five pick next year uh, be the first time in my lifetime as a fan, certainly that they've been able to pick that high. And I'd be happy with that uh, to be able to get a top tier talent. So we just got to ride it out at this point. They got a bye week, a long time to stew on that one, but uh, some changes coming, I think for sure. But yeah, hundred episodes in the books. Uh, awesome stuff. Really excited. Uh, let's hope to keep it going for another hundred and see if we'll touch on some of those topics there in episode 200. Uh, next week, I think we're on Tuesday. Is that right? Or is that the week after that we're on? Um, I will so talk. November I 7th. I'm, a, I'm, ava- I'm available in the afternoon on the 7th. Peel behind All the right. curtain. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we'll, I think we'll be uh, good to go then next week. But, uh, but yeah, until then, everyone, for the 100th time, this is the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan signing off. Mm-hmm.